Welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me to talk about world championships and um, Vegas and <laughs> stuff is my gambling addicted friend, Sarah. How are you, Sarah? I'm better than you by the sounds of it, Daniel. <laughs> really? So what, does that mean that you're up at the tables, uh, you know? Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Always. Yes. Yeah, okay, I'm the cool. croupier. Oh, right, right. The house always wins sort of thing. I get it, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do you doubt it? Oh, my God. Yes, I am there. I, I... <laughs> it's World's Week. It's World's Week. I'm, I'm kind of slightly... Some of, um, Megster said yesterday after watching the ITT that, you know, that, that she's exhausted from watching the ITT, that she needs, like, a massage and someone to bring her a nice <laughs> drink and someone to give her a hug. Like, and I'm like, yeah, where's my Sonia? God damn it. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Well, what I liked, what I liked was the the few uh, few kind souls on Twitter earlier in the week were like, "Oh my God, I'm having to stay up till like eleven o'clock to see the end of this race." I suddenly understand what Dan must go through, and <laughs> how hard it is for him. And I'm like, "Fucking, that's really sweet of you. Thank you, because um, that's when I'd start watching a race <laughs> in my time yeah, zone." <laughs> yeah, dear listener, if Dan hasn't seen it live, it's because these races are generally starting at three in the morning for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the road and the work nights. The road race. The road race starts at two thirty, and I'm actually kind of excited about the road race because I can watch it, assuming I can stay awake. <laughs> so I was going to say, are you going to take? You should take Monday. Monday off work. No. <gasps> Monday off work. We could podcast on Monday. We could podcast on Monday while you're still sleep deprived and I'm still off my head on adrenaline. It would be great. What could possibly go wrong? Well, for a start, the race is on. Oh, sorry, Saturday. Saturday. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. I blame adrenaline. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Cool. I blame your maths, but either way. <laughs> but it's before we get into before we get into worlds, which obviously is very exciting. There's been there has there has actually been other cycling going on. So maybe we should do a quick, yeah, quick wrap up of all that sort of stuff. We'll do that afterwards. I think if we do Worlds first, oh, okay. we're going to talk Vegas. Uh, we're going to talk the Interbike Sock Fiasco. We're going to talk um, Bicycling and poly Podium Girls. We're going to talk about Catherine Pendrell's response to Blazer Klemenchek's EPO positive over in Mountain Bikes. We've got quite a lot of stuff to talk about today. But Richmond, Virginia. Virginia is for lovers, Dan. Really? What makes you say that? Have you not seen the strap line on every single thing put oh, out by Virginia 15? Right, right. So suddenly you, the, the most cynical person, like until until like two weeks ago, you thought Virginia was in a made-up country that you call Canada. So like honestly, you're starting to believe strap lines that you see plastered everywhere. I'm, I'm very confused slash disappointed by this. I have got better geography knowledge than you have. So just because I got Minnesota, uh, you... I'm... What do you base that on? Like, you have literally just made this bald-faced claim of superiority in a technical subject. You may well be right. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, like, on what do you base this? Because it's not... You could never go to Virginia. You have... I've been to Virginia. If Virginia is for lovers, Dan, you're a hater. I have been to Virginia more than once. Well, you're not allowed back. I am welcome back any time. Virginians happen to love me. <laughs> That's because Virginia is for lovers. Um, it's 
Worlds, Worlds Week. It's so exciting. And so the racing has been amazing. It, honestly, like, and don't get me wrong, I love a good time trial, but I do kind of go, like, they're not the most thrilling visual spectacle. Like, I, I enjoy watching um, a lot of the technical detail about bike motion and, you know, how someone looks and, and their position and stuff like that. But it's not like it's not like you got a, a bump sprint to the line kind of thing going on. But holy shit, like, the 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 stuff where like the racing's been mental and it's been so close that I was literally sitting on the edge of my seat going, Oh my God, are they going to get to the line? Like, Oh fuck, fuck. Will they, won't they? You know, it's, it's been awesome. Oh, I, I mean, we knew that the time trial was going to be the team time trial was going to be interesting. We started off with the team time trial, which is um, the fourth year that it's been run in this iteration as trade teams. And yep. all three years before it was won by specialized Lululemon slash Velocio SRAM. Yep. yep. Who, in that, since they won the 2010 um, Open to Swedford Gorda World Cup, have been have only been beaten in a team time trial once until this year's Open to Swedford Gorda Team Time Trial World Cup. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fantastic. I mean, and, really, really. No, oh, it, it's their pedigree in this discipline is. I, I would hazard to say beyond phenomenal like it's it's just unparalleled um but that's yeah, also I, part of that's also part of what like you say it opened uh bagorda to sweat bagorda uh, threw everything in the air at least in my mind was because it, it and it's not like rubber was a complete out of nowhere upset but it was just like oh my god this changes everything because no longer is there the same level of certainty that i would have had last year for example Yes, so, yes, yeah. and and the thing and the thing is, is as well about it is that what has made Velocio so interesting is every year some of their really big name riders have have left. So, for example, yep. Ellen Van Dyke won with them in the first year and then um, left last left at the end of 2012, 2013. Yep. Uh, yeah, 2012 to go to to go to to go 2012 to go to. Bowles Dolmans for 2013 and then this year they've also lost Evelyn Stevens who went to Bowles Dolmans as well so you're looking at there and go well Bowles Dolmans have got three TTT gold medalists in that team Evelyn Stevens has won it a couple of times Ellen Van Dyke and Chantal Black was yep. the gold medal winning team last year and actually Bowles has got more gold medal winning riders than Velocio Sran in there it's like you know it, it's it's yeah, crazy yeah. I, it's it's and then Rabobank had worked so, so hard. And, of course, Rabobank last year in the TTT had had that awful crash in the final kilometres where Annemiek van Vleuten broke her collarbone and um, and poor Anna van der Brega broke her pelvis. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, then you have Wiggle Honda, who've never really cared about the TTT before, going, actually, we're going to try this. And Egon van Kessel, who's their DS, was, of course, the DS when Cervelo Test Team, back in the day before the rise of HTC slash um, uh, Specialized Lululemon slash Velocio Stram, Cervelo Test Team were pretty much unbeaten. Yeah. The only reason that Cervelo Test Team stopped winning was because, you know, blah, blah, blah. They got bought by Garmin. Garmin didn't care. The team was gutted. Da, 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 da. But, yeah, so, you know, when you've got Aegon Van Kessel with riders like uh, Elisa Longo-Borghini and Danny King and Nettie Edmondson, who'd won a couple of medals with Orica in the TTT. Yeah, yeah. 
wow and then you've got all the american teams yeah yeah. just like all out for getting some usa usa glory they're they're at worlds on their home soil and are you know desperate to make an impression and it's not like they're short on talent either i mean we've we've spoken frequently this year of how um so many u.s writers are really stepping up in in terms of the international peloton um and yeah yeah yeah. so it was a i mean hell of a day yes sorry yeah I was gutted for Optum presented by Kelly Benny Strategies because last because last year they were fourth mm. and I really thought they had a good chance of getting on the TTT podium but then they crashed yeah. in training like the day before and um, uh, Annie Ewart broke her collarbone and Maura Kinsella had a concussion but because they crashed after the start lists had been published they couldn't put a replacement in so they were only starting with five riders. Yeah, yeah, which um, as people well may or may not know i suppose um you you have to make it to the line uh your time's taken on the fourth rider across the line so um typically you've got six and that means that you can shed two if you need to so they can work really really hard at the start you know set the pace and and drop off so starting a rider down makes potentially quite a big difference Huge, huge difference. I mean, and this was one of the things was why it's so interesting because there's, there's like, there's all the practice. Because you'd think, I, you know, you'd think technically on paper, a time trial, yeah, it's a race against the clock, the race of truth. It's all just exactly the same, you know, same course, etc. But no, I mean, weather conditions. Bowles Dolmans in their first split lost Christine Mayuris to a puncture. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so you're in this kind of scenario where they, so they were down to five riders. I, I want to give a shout out to poor high-tech products. Um, high-tech products started down the ramp with only five riders. And we we're like, what the fuck's gone on? And what had happened was they'd had their bike checked out earlier on in the day. And it had been, and they, oh no, you're, 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 you're uh, and Charlotte Becker's um, bars had been deemed too long. So they got them fixed and they had passed the checks. And then when they went up onto the ramp, it was apparently under the jig, one millimetre too short, too long. Uh, and so because she's and because yeah. she's riding the kind of she's not riding the kind of bars that you can just get your mechanic in with a spanner to just adjust. Yeah, yeah. One millimetre too long, man. Oh my god. And and it's it's especially galling for me. It's, because well, the it's whole the kind of thing that the UCI is excellent at, which is you know, like, remember the year when they had the, the whole saddle height crackdown um, oh. on TT bikes in particular? And it was the same thing, you yeah. know. And there's this there's this particular ratio and stuff that they maintain on all this shit. And one of the, one of the interesting slash obvious slash weird things is that when you're dealing with elite sport, you're dealing with, you know, for one of a, a, a more gentle term... Physiological freaks, like we're we're dealing with people, we're dealing with people who are outliers. You know, they're way outside the norm, and that means you get a lot of variety. And so you may get people whose physiology literally doesn't fit these, honestly, quite arbitrary dimensions. Well, this um, is the thing: is even even if you start off with height, yeah, yeah. Because so, so basically, the TT and the thing is, is the TT bar distance. It's not about the distance in terms of you as a rider. Mm, you know, yeah. it's it, it's not about this. So so Emma Pooley, for example, who's all of five foot, has the same TT bar distance as Kirsten Field or Charlotte Becker, who are super tall riders. Yeah. You know, and 
I mean, even and even though I mean, this is the reason bike fits are so 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 valuable because yeah, you know yeah. my my partner's one inch taller than me, but I've got a short. I've but but has a longer tall. But but I've got yeah. like longer legs. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like exactly anyone oh. anyone who's even just had the casual benefit of a more experienced rider going, hey, let's lift your saddle by half an inch because your pedal stroke will be improved, and then live through the benefit that that gives you. When it, you know, when it's good advice, obviously, like understands, <laughs> can understand the importance oh, oh. of having the right fit. And so to have your bars, you know, and honestly, I, I, I just, it's something that the UCI feels almost every year. You get a story of, of something like this happening to somebody um, where there's just like an arbitrary rule that really doesn't make sense being enforced ruthlessly just cause. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and it feels, and, uh, it quite often feels like, or to me anyway, it quite often feels like the UCI going, see, we're worth all that money we get because we're, we're keeping the rules, don't you know? Ignore the dope well, scandal over there, Becker, you know? Yeah, imagine if Charlotte Becker had ridden with bars one millimetre or even two millimetres too long. Yeah, like honestly, does anyone believe that that would have made a, 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 even half a second's difference? Mm-mm-mm. Anyway... Anyway, so and I mean it was gutting. And can you imagine you're Charlotte Sebecca, you're the whole team because it doesn't just put off you; it puts yeah. off the entire team because you've been planning. Charlotte is the Lottie Becker's the strongest rider on that squad. Anyway, I mean yeah. of course you're it planning, you're training, your you know decision making and and roles and all of that just like thrown into chaos. Ah, yeah. But, you know, and I'm sure, I mean, I guess the fact that the UCI haven't come out with a statement and gone, no, it wasn't one millimetre, it was five centimetres, they're just <laughs> taking the piss, means that we can't, you know, I mean, you know, obviously it's a side well, no, story. No, 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 what it really means is that someone went back and measured the, the jig, and guess what? It's a millimetre too short. <laughs> well, one of the... <laughs> her, bars, her bars were actually perfect. Well, Laura Wiselow did tweet that because she was standing right by the start ramp. Uh, the yeah. editor of uh, one of the editors of Cycling News tweeted about uh, one of the young, the German, the German oh, uh, ITT yes, yes. junior yes. who who they who they again like like were questioning her bike ruthlessly and you know again that had been passed already and apparently she started the race in tears. Yeah, she, and she was, if there's a way on the ITT, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and all your preparation for the whole year gone because you can't stop crying because it's so stressful and you're having a fight or flight reaction to it. Oh, that poor kid. You yeah. know, I mean, oh, oh, awful, awful. Like, honestly, so, like, like, if it matters that much, why the fuck can't the UCI check the bikes the day before and lock them in a room that only they have the key to? Like, yeah, you know, I mean, if, it, if it really matters that much, why why can't they come up with a system that doesn't do it at the last minute and create maximum stress? Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's such bullshit. But that, anyway, will not, that won't be the last time I say that was such bullshit about the UCI in this podcast. <laughs> Oh my god, you're, you're you're giving things away, Daniel. <laughs> I, I honestly, do you really think that's giving anything away? I mean, I pretty much that's every podcast. I I honestly don't think I've given a single goddamn thing away by saying that. No. Yeah. No. Anyway, so um, yeah, so onto the racing and the racing. I mean, 
oh it, it's exciting it's exciting because you know they, they start they started off the tt the, the ttt with the teams that were ranked lowest starting starting first moving up to the um moving up to the uh to the you know to people who are ranked highest um um but this means that they also have bowls dolmans down there quite um quite were well, weirdly quite low and i'm not quite sure why that was um and so you're like you're looking at it and it's very exciting and you know and when they went through the first intermediate uh, split point bowls had had an amazing amazing speed but then um then you had uh Velocio Sram killing it and being uh being like like over 10 seconds faster yeah like oh like amazing amazing stuff and and the really big surprise about uh Wiggle Honda being faster than Rabo Live yeah, yeah. At the first checkpoint. And this is why I love watching it with Tissot. We Tissot timing the app. I've always used it for the track, but I've never used it for the road before. Um, if you haven't been using it, use it. Oh, my God, use it right now because the Tissot timing app will give you all the stuff about who's going through, you know, who's going through the intermediates first, what's happening. Um, and it changes as it goes, which is – and it's just a really nice little interface. It's really good on mobiles as well. It's lovely. But, yeah, and – and you're sitting there, and then you get to the second split, and at the second split, um, Rabo have, Rabo are, are faster than um, faster than uh, Wiggle by like, you know, by like just over a second. And Velocio Strahan is still leading over Bowles Dolmans, but their leaders dropped because it's just down to six seconds. And then yep. at the third intermediate sprint point, Bowles Dolmans were far. Bowles Dolmans had been faster, yeah, so yeah. Bowles. Had waiting at the end and you're looking to go oh my god you know can Velocio bring this back who's going to win third very very exciting it was great um <clears throat> but at the end Velocio Sram won Bowles Dolman second Rabolith third Wiggle Honda fourth 2016 presented by Show Air fifth the highest USA team yeah well and I mean I should just give a quick nod to United Healthcare, who were in sixth so you know for two US teams to to be that close to the top five um you know, right. mm, no, I think no. Well, yeah, you're just saying that because Oracle was seventh, but I have to say, no, that Oracle... no, I'm not. I'm not just saying that. I, I'm genuinely saying. Well, also because you know, I did say last week that I thought you know that the UHC might might be an interesting one this week. So. Yeah. yeah um what you have to remember though dan is it's not surprising that we've got two american teams in the top six at all because we also the number of teams that started here let's see there's 13 teams yep six of them are american and there are some lots of big name european teams that didn't bother doing this so we have no ali cipollini no lift Plantour, no um no lotto Bel no lotto sudal yeah so you know it's in the states they're going to do well on their home soil but yeah i was it's more for me it's more that 2016 beat the pro teams and also really good because 2016 also dropped off the um in, for some reason they didn't have an intermediate time for the second one for the second intermediate point and they didn't have one for the third for quite a while it's like oh shit have they crashed on the course and we just don't know you know are they all lying in a mangled pile of bikes like <laughs> like like oh my god is are they okay and yes they oh okay. no it, 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 I, it's kind of I, I find it kind of amusing that you're you're immediately everyone's mum. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't heard from him for 15 minutes maybe he's dead <laughs> it's, it's just maybe, maybe they've no, but, all crashed I don't know 
But it is, it is quite a logical thing of why haven't they come through the second intermediate yeah, no, split no, no, point no, it's, it's, on TV? We haven't seen their timing. You know, it, it's kind of like, yeah, I, I can kind of feel point, like... But at the same time, it's like, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe they would have said something on the... Oh, well, who knows? It's it's. Well, yeah. you don't know. I mean, this is what I'm saying. We didn't know. So, yeah. Um, Bowles Dolman still never <laughs> won a TTT. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I feel guilty that we laughed at that. <laughs> no, now, I, I do want to say something about that because actually, Bowles Goldman's bless them, they've only been three. This is the third, only the third TTT they've raced this year. There was a TTT in the Tour of New Zealand, which was pre season. Um, I think there was one in the Tour de San Luis or something like that. And then there was one in the Energy Walk Tour, one in the Open to Swed for Gorda, and Worlds. So actually, you know, and, and, and whereas, you know, three or four years ago, we'd have had five or six. So we don't really get the chance to see what's happening, you know, what, what's happening with them. Um, amazing for Velocio Surround, their last race ever. Yeah, yeah. And kind of kind of the dream result for them, really, isn't it? Like, um, not, just, yeah. not just the win, but like to, to actually have that sort of um, untarnished legacy. You know, we've always won it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and Ronnie Lauka, who is the reason that Velocio Strand doesn't exist, is that next year Ronnie Lauka is starting his own team with most of the riders and um, <laughs> new sponsor Canyon. Um, and yeah, but Ronnie, as it gets to just be like the smuggest DS, I mean, he's a really nice guy. He's a lovely, lovely, friendly, unassuming chap. I don't think he'll be smug at all about being, having, having recreated that team when you look at who is on that team they had for example um barbara gurishi who's a sprinter who isn't a time trial expert yeah. but you know she part of the squad for uh energy water when they won and stayed with them right to the end you know he really really knows how to get the how to do ttt's they yeah know absolutely he, he's just He's just unbeaten. And to Trixie Warwick, who's the only rider, male or female, who's won gold in all four TTTs of the modern world, champs. Which is amazing. Really, like, that's just amazing. <sighs> so, yeah. And, and um, so, yeah, basically, if that was the only race that had happened in the last week, we'd have <laughs> we'd have no trouble filling a podcast with it. But that's not even the only race that's happened in, like, the last six days or four days. Oh, my God. It's God, yeah. Ridiculous. TTT. So we, went, so we went from TTT and from TTT straight into the ITT, um, the Junior Women's ITT on Monday. Yes. Um, did, you, did you see the videos for that, Dan? I really enjoyed the comprehensive video coverage from the UCI on that. It was fucking great. In in so much as imaginary video can be. You know. Yeah, there's basically um, this year. This is we're gonna get. Okay, we'll, I promise this will be the last rant until we start talking about socks and podium girls and stuff. <laughs> but um, uh, or we talk about geo restrictions on the fucking TTT videos. Jesus. Uh, yeah, but if you don't have a VPN by now, you're not a proper cycling fan. Oh bullshit! If the UCI <laughs> can't fucking take the geo restrictions off their own fucking videos for the world championships. They're beyond help. They are beyond fucking help. They're called the World no, Championships. People around the world might want to see them. Yes, it's not. Okay, it, right. It is no, their no, fault. No, no, no. no, you're going to say, oh, rights holders in various territories. No, fuck that. It's the UCI's product. They have it. Like, no. Bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. 
So the reason that um, that there's geo restrictions on the UCI live feed is because, um, you know, as Dan says, rights holders in various territories say, right, I've bought it and I want to show it exclusively. Yeah. So SBS in Australia. Yeah, which is which is, is fine for live coverage. I have no problem with that. Yes. But- no, I'm coming to that. Coming. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So so for live coverage, I'm fine with that. But unfortunately, this means that um, even the highlights of the TTT are for some reason restricted. Which is- We've got no idea. Because all kinds of bullshit, just utter fucking UCI bullshit. Yeah. Um, Not that I have strong opinions on the matter. No. Yes. Anyway, so but the thing is, is is in previous years the junior race hasn't been last year. It was streamed live, and it was fantastic. All the junior races were streamed live. They're wonderful. They're still up there on the UCI's website. The year before, in 2013, they weren't streamed live, but they did have highlights videos. You know, just like your basic thing of your highlights videos of your start, your finish in the ITT and and in the road race, and your winners videos this year we're going to have no videos at all from the junior races men's and women's so at least there's a quality um i mean it's shit it's really and the reason it's so shit is because these riders these junior riders you only get two years where you can race as a junior you know you're 16 to 17 you're 17 to 18 yeah yeah especially for your non-europeans for your european riders there's three or four races where you can nip across and race against each other. So you can ride the Junior Energy Water, you can ride the Junior Omnuk van Borsele, you can, you know, you can you can ride the uh, Trofeo da Moreno, and if your federation allows you to go, you can ride the European Junior Champs. Yeah, but yep. for like your American riders and your Aussie riders, and I mean, and and that's before we even get to the riders from countries where they haven't got madly expensive, you know, madly yeah. rich federations. Like you know, if you're coming from South America or Africa to ride this, you know you've 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 you basically it's a whole different world, whole different world there. Mm. You know, uh, so you ride and then there's nothing. You know, your parents can't watch you unless they can afford the tickets out there. But you know, not everyone can, and and then you can't show your family back home. You can't show a sponsor. You know, oh hey, sponsor me. Well, what have you done? Well, you know, I was fifth in the ITT. Well, what the fuck does that mean? You know, you can't show anyone. You can't have it on your website. You can't look at the video and look at your style and go, hey, you know, how was I doing? Was I, was I, you know, yeah, actually, I can see that I took those corners really badly next year. This is what I'm going to do. It's gutting. And it's, gut, you know, really, really gutting. It's pretty, and to me, it's madly disrespectful to these riders who train so hard. You know, you're, 17 years old and all your friends are going to the pub and you know going out on dates and and partying and you're also doing your a-levels in england and you're working so 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 hard and you've giving up more than you're you know you're giving up loads of things that are supposed to be part of the teenage life and you know you don't even get <laughs> you don't even get to show your friends hey look this is the video of me come winning bronze at the world championships yeah you yeah. know well, and and I mean that's at its most benign, but it, it it can have deeper ramifications as well. I mean, you've already hinted at, but like for example, say you are that that theoretical eighteen, nineteen year old who might actually have a real shot at going pro, but needs to find like I don't know a local sponsor just so you can commit to um, in Australia a summer program of serious training to set yourself up to try and make it to a European team next season or something like that but you've literally got nothing to show them here. You know, I place fifth in worlds or, or whatever, but watch the video and let me, ex- you know, like, like it, it, these things actually do matter for practical reasons as well. 
and it's ah, oh, again, I'm just fucking pissed off. In the age of the fucking iPhone and GoPros and streaming video, it just galls me. Absolutely galls me on it, especially on an ITT course that they can't provide fucking coverage. No, and the and the argument because so UCI did tweet me and say, oh well, it's because we didn't show it; it wasn't streamed live, and it's like that is not an excuse. I with my iMovie could easily edit together a passable piece of, um, you know, here's the start, here's the riders starting, here's the riders coming into the finish. Yeah. Or even just the post-race winners interview, you know, the, the win- interview oh, with the post-race winners. Exactly. And, and, it was, exactly. and it was a very, 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 apparently the, the, the winner of the junior ITT was riding faster miles uh, kilometers per hour than the winner of the elite itt now we know that you know conditions are different and it's half the distance of the elite exactly. itt but that was a super strong performance yeah. so yeah so, so we're so, looking at it yeah the, like the winner um based on her time would have actually finished fourth in the elite if she'd maintained it over the same distance that's yeah the, she was the yeah. fastest she was yeah. faster than any of the i mean i'm you know it's she did one lap to the elites two laps i mean yeah, I'm not, yeah. i don't you know blah blah, blah. i'm not saying exactly. she's better We're not than saying them, but... she actually would have but but the point is that's the pace she was at and you know that's actually really exciting so yeah really sad and oh my god it's so good dan because people are saying beforehand who, who do we support and it's like i have no idea it's <laughs> wonderful because you look at it and you're like well i guess a scalniak is was is the european itt champion um yeah. junior itt well, champion and, and also um, like, bearing in mind macy stewart wasn't there this year so no but um, macy stewart was is not european uh yes she's not european good point um, so, so you're looking to go. Well, who do I know? Because well, I know that Yara Castellan is a really strong cyclocross rider, and so is American Emma White is a cyclocross rider, and Annalisa Hull from Australia. Well, she's she's just been destroying the National Road Series races, hasn't yeah. she? She's she's she's, well, she's, she's been beating the elite women, and she was third last year. So. And she's third last year. Peniel Mathieson from Denmark was second last year behind yes. Macy Stewart. And Peniel uh, won the Energy Water, uh, Junior Energy Water this year. And you're looking at it going, well, these names I know, but actually there's names I don't know. And this was, and one of these was Chloe Diger, the American rider who went out very early and had this amazing time, just like 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 minutes and minutes ahead of everyone else. And, and you're like, look at it going, well, is she going, you know, well, is she going to be beaten once the big riders start? You know, what's that, what's Hull going to do? What's Matheson going to do? Yeah, yeah. And Liger's completely untouchable until, I mean, Emma White, the cyclocross American, um, finished a minute and five behind her. And you're looking at it and you go, okay, well, the last two riders on the road are, you know, Annalisa Hull and Pernilla Matheson. Hull is one minute and 26 down. Mattison's one minute 30 down. So yeah. Chloe Diger, who's, I don't, wow, I don't, I don't even think I've heard of your name before and you've won this. Because, and this is what's so wonderful about juniors, you know, is, yeah, is, is yeah. it's so exciting. Well, All of these names of the future. Exactly, exactly. You know, but this is also part of my continued frustration about not having any video to go from because apparently um Annalisa Hull had a really bad start um I I don't know what that means I've just seen literally those words re- reported had a bad start you know was there some sort of mechanical issue was she just you know just got off to a bad start didn't like the first part of the course or whatever like that's the kind of thing that you want to see because it tells you the rest of the story of you know like we know how it played out 
you know. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, and I'm saying this with love. Was that just an excuse for South exactly. by Australian? No, no, no. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, and absolutely. And maybe it is, but that's my point: is we can't tell because we can't see it. And it's just, again. And I'm sorry, you know, if it, I, I understand it can get boring to hear me bang on this sort of drum all the time, but it's just like it's not that fucking hard to provide coverage, you know? Yeah. And, well, but, I mean. I think, I mean, again, the intermediate splits were fantastic because Penilla Matterson, she started, she was sixth at the first split mm. and pulled herself up to fourth. Now, yeah. 15 kilometres is not a long, yeah, yeah, not a exactly. long time trial. What's going to happen? It's so yeah. exciting. And, and, and it's, same thing for Annalisa, you know, she was seventh at the, at the split and came in at third, no, you know, and, and so we know yeah. from those things, you know, we can tell that, okay, those two riders um, obviously favoured the second half of the course. Easier. Yeah. What and, else and, could we find out, you know? Yeah. But equally, yeah, and equally, like, riders who started off strong and then faded. And again, this is why, so I am always, if, you, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know I'm pretty soppy about the juniors, you know? <laughs> oh. I have this, like, oh, I get what, this slightly... Only about the juniors? <laughs> no, but I get... <laughs> I get slightly moist-eyed about the kind hey, look, of you honestly, know all the all the honestly, all this all the time I've known you. There is only one rider that I know of that you don't get soppy about at some point. Who's and, that? And she's she's a, a time trial specialist from a country who's come back from a very hard life that you know is looking for a ride. Oh no stuff. no no no. I'm soppy. I'm soppy about her. No, I'm not soppy about her. But I don't. I do have. I, I am very emotional about her because I don't think it's her fault. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, that's Hannah Solovey. We will come on to Hannah Solovey later on. Um, uh, uh, well, I'm not saying I absolve her from everything, but I just, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I, I, it's just there's something so exciting about the junior riders because you know they're so full of promise and they've worked so hard at it and it's also it's also particularly interesting i was so happy last year because um last year in the world championships both races the road race and the itt were both won by um were both won by former junior world champions um lisa Brunauer in the itt and paulina fran in the road race now fran is about 24 but Lisa's, I think, 26, 27. And it was really nice because both of them haven't, I mean, didn't go from winning juniors to winning everything in seniors, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And it kind of said to young riders who did really well in juniors but struggled in the first couple of years of seniors, hey, there's hope, you know? Like, I mean, equally, I love riders like Flirtia Mackay who did very well in juniors and go through to winning yeah, seniors yeah, yeah. almost straight away or, you know. But there's something about, there's something about having this chance to test yourself against the best in the world and to see what it's like and to travel the world and to just just see what it's, you know, the, the interview with Annalisa Hull and the interview with Chloe Diger, which are the two videos that we do have, are just, they're just, it's just adorable. And yeah. wow, yeah. you know, I, it, it's, it is so exciting also just to see this diversity of, of riders from different backgrounds and stuff too you know like we talk so much about the the powerhouse nations you know the the netherlands um italy you know in particular as being two incredibly strong sources of of women's cycling talent and then you look at the top 20 of the juniors here and there are combined three riders from the netherlands and italy in the top 20 you know but in the meantime we've got Russian Federation, Czech Republic, Japan. Yes, I know, I know limited numbers and, and stuff. I'm not saying 
you know, obviously they're not going to be 10 of the top 20. But my, my point being that you get to see all of these riders from other countries mixing it and, and rubbing shoulders in that environment and, and getting some kind of exposure. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Yumi, Yumi Kajihara from Japan in 11th and especially Camila Valbuena from Colombia in 12th. And, you know, coming from a country like Colombia where yeah. it's – they, I mean, they, they, this, where the cycling federation is trying, but they do not have the same amount of money as they do as they as, as Britain or 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 the Ameri- or America. And actually, the roads are much more dangerous. Riding there's not so much of a cycling cycle sport tradition there, and not for the women either. You mm. know, it's 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 not it's it's really exciting to see that you know to see right to see these riders do so well as well because you know you just know that the colombian rider or you know your rider from ecuador they're not on the the top level yeah state-of-the-art bikes like your americans and your australians are you know they're not like they haven't been in a wind tunnel you know they're not like they haven't they haven't got special you know special dietary requirements (laughs) looking at being looked after by the team that's that's looking after the they may have ridden through a tunnel on a windy day, but it's not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so amazing talent there, really. I, I And, you know, who's going to sign up some of these riders? Where's Annalisa going to be riding? Is Emma White going to be a cyclocross rider? What's she going to yeah. do in the cyclocross season? You know, this year, Emma White's got the chance to race in the Junior Cyclocross World Championships for the first time. You know, like, how cool is that? Like, that's that's I was doing, awesome. Do you know I've been under twenty three anyway? Which yeah, I think yeah. it's under twenty three. But you know, still, it's that these are changing. It's things are changing. It's exciting. Um, you know, I just hope that someone stands on the finish line of the road race, junior road race on Friday, and shoot and videos it. You know, just so we get just so we get finish line shots. Yes, yeah, but just you know something, please, cycling gods. <sighs> I will sacrifice anyway, a thousand Brian Cookson's to make that true. But anyway, then Any- we come yesterday to the elite women. Yes, yes. And you know what? I, I Honestly, this is one where I really I don't think I would have predicted the way it turned out at all. Oh, you see, I couldn't predict it at all. I refused to make a prediction on this one. Yeah. I, I was... So... What's interesting is this year in the UCI um, in in the UCI races, there were twenty one raced UCI level um, uh, ITTs individual time trials. If you don't know individual time trial, it's the fastest rider riding by herself against the clock. Um, not counting national championships, and the reason I don't count national championships is the depth of field varies enormously. Yeah. So there is a world of so you can have someone who has never been national champion who will be much better rider than someone who's been national champion seven times in a row. Yeah. yeah like if I you've mean, never if you've never been Dutch national champion, um, and you're racing someone who's been, for example, the theoretical Ecuadorian national champion for seven years, or British pro, even. Yeah. Yeah. Or British, you know. You know we, yeah. It's it's not. That not all national championships are created equally, is what we're saying. Yeah, and and that's not to diss people from 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 nations without the depth of field, but you can't look at it and go right. Well, you know, actually, um, you know, well, uh, Alina Amielusik is is Belarusian national champion. Um, uh, you know, she must be going to be going to going to beat that person, going to beat Lisa Brunauer because Lisa Brunauer was beaten at the national championships this year, or Ellen Van Dyke was beaten at the national championships. It doesn't work like that. No. 
But the other thing that's really interesting about it is, so we had 21 ITTs, UCI ITTs. Yeah, not, I'm also not counting the continental championships because, um, for example, in Europe, there are so many strong nations that we don't, we're not allowed a European championships. Our European championships is under 23 only, whereas in the Oceania championships, the ITT, everyone was Australian. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and and it's just like so. There's there's you know there's, so so we don't don't count those. So twenty one ITTs UCI ranked this year. Out of those, ten of them were under ten kilometers, mm. and there was only um, there was only like oh, there was only three that were over twenty five kilometers. Wow! And this year's IT, ITT World Champs is thirty k. The other yeah. thing about those UCI ITT those UCI uh, ITT races is that quite a lot of those are in stage races and there's a world of difference so the Giro Rossa stage 8 ITT was the most um was you know was was one of the toughest it was yeah, tough yeah. and long and hard however a world of difference between riding you know uh, an ITT as in the world's versus after eight stages of really yeah, tough exactly <laughs> Giro riding yeah. and b a lot of IT, a lot of riders who are acting as domestiques in the race won't go all out for an ITT yeah. stage yeah, if they're correct. there to support primarily. So I suspect Ellen Van Dyke and the Giro Rossa wasn't giving it a hundred percent because she was racing, you know, cause, cause her priority was seeing if she could keep Megan Guarnier in the Maglia yeah, Rosa the next exactly. day. Exactly. So it's an interesting thing. So, and none of these, and I don't, there's never been a race, the, where all these top riders had ridden against each other. I think Ellen and Lisa, Ellen Van Dyke and Lisa Brunauer had only been in two ITTs together this year. Yeah. Because, and, and that and was. As you say, you know, the, there's such a huge variety in what those were. And then when you add in shifting team priorities, you know, it, it is almost impossible to, to have had a realistic comparison. You know. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe maybe they've been in three together. Yeah. So it's fascinating. So then, so you've got this. So if you're looking down the list of um, UCI ICTs um, <coughs> and things, okay. So uh, 2013 champion Ellen Van Dyke, but she's only seven weeks back from breaking her collarbone in the course, but she's super strong. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Brunauer, last year's Road World uh, ITT World Champion, really good form, got to be a favourite. Um, Anna Van der Brega, um couldn't race last year, as we said, because of breaking her pelvis. Yeah, um, yeah. But had, you know, won the Giro off the back of her brilliant, brilliant ITT. And this course, because it had the hill in it, would suit her, would, is going to suit her yeah, yeah, really well. Exactly. And yeah. then um, other riders who've been in European ITTs and Sophie Dyke. And normally we look at the Chrono Champenois, which is one of the only standalone ITTs on the calendar. And it's over. Yeah. It's a comparable distance. But this year happened after most of the ITT riders had left yeah, <laughs> to go so to America. Yeah, to come to Worlds, yes, exactly. Yeah. But, and Sophie Dyke had won that. But, and then you've got um, like Carmen Small. I was um, going to say, Evan then you start Stevens. to look at your American riders, exactly, Carmen Small, Evelyn yes. Stevens, and as we've talked about repeatedly, Kristen Armstrong coming out of retirement to target the ITT for Rio. Yes. Um, you know. Yes, yes but, 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 but these are, but Kristen Armstrong's in the second second kind of block of riders because we have 
riders like Kristen Armstrong, who has only ridden a couple of races this year. Um, she's come out of retirement. She's two times Olympic world champion, two times retiree, coming out, out to, to races. She won USA national championships, but she hasn't raced against any of the European riders all yeah. year. Yeah. Then you've got Linda Willemsen, who's who was on the podium five times between 2009 and 2013, her unbroken podium run was only knocked off last year but we haven't yeah. seen her race in a UCI level race well, since and, June and second to second to that podium run though she's like never finished outside of the top 10 so yeah she's yeah. amazing she's fantastic but she but but we don't know how she but we've not seen her we saw yeah. her race at Aviva women's tour against these riders but but she obviously was there's no ITT there yeah and yeah. then you've got your real specialists you've got your Hannah Solovey now Solovey is uh, probably the most controversial rider in the race. At 19 years old, she was um, caught doing steroids. Uh, she was banned for two years. She's now 23 or 24. Um, this year, she was kicked out of Astana. Um, I mean, really, there's, I, honestly, there's nothing left to say about that. I, I mean, that 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 simple statement alone, she was kicked out of a star and it tells you everything you possibly need to know. Um, if you really do wish to know more, I'm sure you can go back and find one of our previous podcasts that yeah, the top trial at which we spoke about this in length. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 so a lot of people say, Hannah Solovey, you should give her a second chance. The only problem I have with her, so in cycling, there's a long, there's a tradition, there's a nasty tradition of, not many things like not many things are public, but when it happens, it's really awful. But there's a nasty tradition of um, in all sports, um, young women and young men being taken advantage of and abused by coaches and doped by coaches. And in the in Tammy Thomas, who's uh, was an American star, you know, like blackmailed because oh, I'm going to give you dope. Then if you don't sleep with me, I'm going to tell everyone that you're doping, you know, and, and awful things like that. Genevieve Johnson had a similar story. Awful. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, she'd never, she'd, she'd never and, even and, in the juniors, she'd never ridden clean. And I'm not yeah. saying that this is what happened with Hannah Solovey, but whenever a teenager is done for doping, I, I you, get you very... Have to, you have to question it, exactly. You, you do have to question it. And, and one of the things that makes it difficult to give her that theoretical or metaphorical second chance is that she insists on continuing to work with that same coach and yes yeah however that to me that's so red flaggy because yeah. you know if the coach if, if is she continuing to work with that coach because she's a hard bitten doper and this guy's got some really good techniques is she continuing to work with that coach because he was always going no hannah don't dope don't dope you're better without it or is she continuing to work with that coach because he's been grooming her since she was 13 years old i Yes, well, you know, and, we, don't we don't know, know. but, but it, anyway. does, it does make it very difficult to, and, and then you add in those other things that, you know, she's had problems with, with teams that she's tried to to ride for and stuff, you know, it, it's just, I, I don't pretend to know what's going on, but I, I remain highly concerned about the situation that she is in, and I, I just would prefer to see all of that resolved differently. But, you know, but Hannah comes out, you know, to ride here. We've also got Tara Witten, a multiple um, track world champion, uh -huh. uh, 
she she came into cycling from cross country skiing in 2008 and pretty much immediately started winning track world cup medals and then she was uh, she's a, she but she was also a commonwealth games itt champion the canadian so she was back and yep. then you have riders who we literally never see apart from at worlds and olympics like martina sablikova 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 yep. um who the reason we don't see her is because she's a legend of speed skating but you know she rides she she trains on her bicycle she's very good at itts so she just why why the why the hell not so you <laughs> exactly. kind of end up with this and then we've got other itt riders we've got katrin garfoot the uh, the oceanian champion um yep. yeah all your trixie warwick um who's just amazing you've got um, emma johansson who's like riding it just for fun i think like emma's focusing on the road race why is she riding itt i think it's just she, she did have a really unfortunate um tweet after the race which was my legs are open now. <laughs> I think that's something different in Swedish yeah, than yeah, it does I, in English. Yeah, exactly. In Swedish or, or Flemish, um, that's probably very different. But yes, okay. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so very... So, so it's, you know, I, so I'm guessing that I, translates more as warmed up or something like that, yes. Yeah, exactly, yes, yes, yes. And it's so very exciting, kind of like, yeah, uh, what's going to happen? How's this... How's this... How are they going to do... And, Interesting yeah, yeah. course, um, two laps of the same course. So because it was two laps, they went off in waves. And I don't know if I like waves or not, because basically you end up with like half an hour between the last rider in wave one start finish starting. Well, and, and the next rider in wave two start, you know, starting. Yeah, and, yeah. and and it, and ITTs are always, always affected by the weather. We saw that last year where Linda Willemsen and Ellen Van Dyke started late and they got caught in a hideous rain mm. shower on the descent <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i mean you know that is part of the risk of of itt's and and you know you, you just you you've got to forbear with a, a certain amount of it but as you say um when you when you've got like a half hour block between groups it's it's kind of like what but, yeah, yeah yeah so Kristen armstrong started off as the second rider and she was um put down an amazing time 40 minutes 50.45 and it was quite funny actually watching it on on Twitter because obviously like a lot not all of them but a lot of the Americans were right yeah she's done it no one can beat her look how much faster she is than all the other riders in her first wave and you're like yeah you do know the riders in the... I mean it, it, it is a bit weird basically they do have a slight weirdness because they had four waves and where you've got countries with three or four riders um, like Germany um, America etc they put their riders in you know, one rider only from each country in each wave, yeah? Right. And some of the seeding is always a bit weird. The seeding was a bit strange. So you're sitting there going, mm, yeah, but basically, in general, the first wave is not the strongest rider. Yeah, And Chris exactly. Armstrong started second. So you're sitting there going, yeah, you know, maybe we might want to wait until wave two, which yeah. has Trixie yeah. Warwick in it. And like you were talking about you know at the top you, you sort of try to group together who the contenders will be um and and that's the thing you can't compare someone like you say like Kristen armstrong necessarily to her wave you need to compare her to someone who yeah. will compete with her you know oh and they've got like um jean d'arc Jirabuntu, who's the first rwandan rider to be um racing at the world championships and someone said she was the first black rider but i don't know if that's true really? or not yeah um oh, okay i yeah i i mean i mean uh, it could be maybe it is but that would surprise me to be honest i i would 
Yeah, anyway, I'll have to... But yeah, Jeanne but d'Arc, Jirubuntu, who finished dead last, bless her heart, but she's from the Rwandan cycling, you know, Team Rwanda, team Rwanda uh, first Rwandan rider to race at Worlds. Um, yeah. Just, just like, part of that amazing um, Team Africa Rising setup, uh, you know, yeah, bringing yeah, exactly. right... And you're like, yeah, fuck it, that's an... You know, she's always said that just finishing... Would be amazing, you know. Would be would would be amazing achievement there. You know, exactly. you've got some really, you know, you've got riders from Mongolia, uh, you know, uh, who who she said, um, you know, the rider from Mongolia said that actually it's really really hard. It's like they people just not used to seeing women on bikes, and they're the yeah. roads are terribly dangerous, and it's and she, you know, she's a triathlete, and and she just wants to, she just wants to, she just wants to race, and it's yeah. 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 But yeah, no. I mean, Chris Armstrong's time was very, very strong. But it's like, yeah, yeah don't don't count your chickens. Yeah, exactly. Don't count your chickens, American friends. Yeah, because there's a, once there's you a lot start, of, there's a lot of individuals to time trial yet. Is what we're getting at. Yeah. yeah. Now, but then when you kind of see the the difference between the difference between riders, because you had like Ellen Van Dyke, for example, surprisingly went through sixteenth, well, sixteenth fastest at split yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Which was really surprising. Like, oh wow! So, so you know, uh, Armstrong's beaten really strong riders like Trixie Warwick and Tatiana Antoshina and Toshina and Ellen Van Dyke. But then we get to the final wave and these really, really big names. And there are some. And you're sitting there watching it, and Linda Willemsen goes through the first split faster yeah. than Armstrong. So she goes through and, the first split at 2014, which. That's split two. Ah, oh, sorry, that is split two. Sorry, I meant the first lap. Yeah. My mistake. Yeah. And and then you had Kat Garfurt, Australian German Kat Garfurt going through. And then you have like, you know, you're like sitting at well, shit, this is really exciting because um Anna van der Breggen has the fastest time at split one. Lisa Brunel is eighth at split one. What's gonna happen? Um yeah. Evelyn Stevens seventh. Just watching it is fascinating. Like who's losing time and who's gaining time, who's losing time. Yeah, and yeah. for Armstrong, it must have been because the other thing about about it for Armstrong is that is that she's waited for ages and ages in that hot seat. But mm-hmm. you know these riders are just going. These riders are just killing it. So so exciting, and it comes down to Linda Willemsen winning, Anna van der Breggen second, Lisa Brunauer third, Kat Garfoot fourth, Armstrong fifth. Ebby Stevens sixth, Ellen Van Dyke seventh, Lena Amulusic eighth, and Sophie Dyke ninth, and Trixie Warwick tenth. Yeah, just yeah. but oh. you know, first to fourth is less than ten seconds in it, um, which which is phenomenal. Um, and and yeah, like there's there's so many different things. One thing that absolutely stood out to me was that riders like you mentioned, um, Ellen Van Dyke, and I think Anna as well, and probably Lisa, um, all sort of or, or at least seem to save energy for their second lap like they were faster in their second yeah. lap than their first but yeah. Linda was almost exactly the same time so when I was watching it she was 2014 on the first lap and 2015 on the second lap and obviously hundreds of a second which combined so her official time's 40 30 but like that consistency is phenomenal like yeah yeah and and for Linda, who's been so close, like so, so close so many times and just, just beaten at the last minute for her yeah. to win. The the video interviews with her afterwards are just adorable where she can't actually believe that it's happened and she's still like, in, I mean, I don't know. I, she'll have woken up this morning and just 
Oh, yeah. finally done Champion it! Champion of the world. Champion like, of the world. Like, and 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 it's been almost a uh, well. I mean, how long has it been that she's been knocking on this door? Like, it's it's been I'm getting, a yeah, decade, I'm basically. And just, just being beaten at the last minute yeah. by riders who are just that bit better and. Oh my God! Just yeah, oh, yeah. and and how amazing. many times? How many times is it things like last year when it's that bit of rain, and maybe that was what made yeah. the difference, or or X, you know, whatever the other things that can and do happen in in racing that happen, like oh my yeah. God! It must I I I I mean, of course, it's always going to feel fantastic to win, but this must be incredibly sweet for her after yeah. you, know, you know five years on the podium back to back. Like that's yeah, and, and everyone asking her about it as well. You know, yeah, all the media, yeah. all, all anyone. Oh, you know, uh, if I was interviewing her, I'd ask her about it. You know, yeah. like, like, do you have a lot of pressure on you, Linda? Because you know, <laughs> you've been on the podium five times but never won. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, how fucking good must it be to never hear that question again? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh God, yeah, it's. Uh, so yeah, and I, I, I did. I mean, and and Anna van der Breggen's second, so close. And she's very honest. I love the Dutch. I love the Germans. I love their honesty because she had that thing of yeah, you know, second is great, but yeah, I am disappointed I didn't win. Yeah, yeah. But that's like racing. And the classiest rider, Ellen van Dyke in seventh. Um, she looked so good, but she she wasn't. But the people there was a picture of her after. Her bike, her wheel had been rubbing on her tire, and she had a very very slow puncture. So it wasn't even like she could notice it, spot it, and yeah. change her bike. I don't think she knew about it until at the end. But she said, "Yeah, I wasn't strong enough. Yeah, it happened, but I wasn't strong enough. You know, I, I you know look at yeah. my time. I was over ten seconds. You know, so I was I was kind of you know look, look, look at my time. I'm I'm nearly a minute down. I couldn't have won anyway. I was beaten yeah. by the better people." Like I just I love how classy Ellen always so classy always classy always you know that must have wanted just so such nice people you know last year when Ellen lost um, you know she's only just back seven weeks after her collarbone break you know last year when Ellen lost it because of the rainstorm she's like oh you know I lost it but I'm super happy for if I if I didn't wear the rainbow jersey I'd want it to be Lisa yeah you know yeah. Mm, mm. Wow. Um, so yeah, that yeah. Was, and and look, all of this, and we're still not done with worlds because we've got the the road race to look forward to this weekend. So, holy. Yeah. Shit. Now I'm I am interested because when I looked at the courses, I was thinking blah 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 technical sections. Yeah, I thought the ITT had, was more technical than it was yeah. because on the maps it looks like it's like tight corners. Yeah, yeah. But then, then you realise it's see tight. The video and you get to see their American tight corners. So you yeah, can so everywhere is five legs wide. Them sideways. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but it does have a cobbly hill. Um I still think I still think it might come down to a sprint, you know. I think it might come down to a breakaway sprint. Oh, I don't know. I wonder if Jolene Dora can win. I'd like Jolene Dora to win. Oh, I'd just that like would be, that would be awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with basically what I settled on last week, which is that it's gonna be kind of like a an American spring classic, you know. That's that's what I'm saying. I, you know, like not oh. a not a not like a Flanders or Cobbles one, but just like a just like a aggressive, hard, attritional, dump a bunch of people, pumpy race. That's that's what I, I 
I am interested in what it's going to be like watching the Peloton take that hot dog corner. I know you say no, think that hot dogs <laughs> exist, but I am interested in how the Peloton will take that because well, no, no, it's, uh, it's, a it's a very tight. It's a very basically a hot, you know, hot dog circuit is where you kind of shoot down the road, um, shoot back, and have a very very tight, basically you know, U-turn at the ends, but not going round a roundabout or anything like that. Just just you know, turning yeah. from one lane to the other. I think that could be a pinch point. It's going to be an amazing race. Um, can Can Anna van der Breggen get her third medal of the Olympic of the Worlds? Will it be gold? Will it be bronze, silver, gold? Can um, Lizzie Armstead, uh, who's had a fantastic season, um, race without? win without the power of bowls dolmans can we have another american thing american win at home it's yeah it's gonna be live um all the videos from all the races um so far that we found are on our blog pro women's cycling.com and that's also got my cunning tips for how to get around the geo restrictions and everything like that dear listener vpn's illegal don't listen to people who tell you they're illegal it's fine it's legal to watch with a vpn don't worry about that yes exactly um, consult a lawyer in your local jurisdiction to be sure we are not lawyers we're also not in your jurisdiction so you can't sue us and fuck um, that last one was punctuation <laughs> no <laughs> your Australian part you, punctuation dare, dare you make a prediction for for the road race no no okay, cool. no um, yeah right. cool cool right, what's your prediction no no hey hell no if you're not making one there's no way I'm I just said one you just it. missed it no, you said you're leaving Dora, but then you then you went no. So no, I'm choosing, I, I made a prediction. No, 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 no predictions. Sh- All good. I'm Thank trying, you. On. I'm trying to avoid the jinx, the jinx, cycling jinx gods. <laughs> Who's your prediction? No, no. Well, hey, I, nah, I'm not being. Drawn. I just made oh, one. No, nope, 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 nope. Yet again, I, I leave you on you this show podcast. Me mine. I, I leave you on this podcast hanging in bitter disappointment, yes. As I've shown you mine and you won't show me yours. Which is entirely, ironically, a role reversal for internet relationships usually, isn't it? So, yeah, I think, I think I'll think yeah. stick that. I'll take, moral, <laughs> I'll take the moral high ground in this situation. Thank you. It wasn't just road worlds. It was also the start of the cyclocross season. I, yeah, fucking... In June, which is weird, but okay, whatever. Like, fucking cross Vegas. Cross it comes through Easter and they start promoting cross season. It's fucking weird. Cyclocross comes earlier and earlier and earlier. It's like it's, <laughs> you can it's like hear, Christmas you before can Halloween. Literally, hear your smug smile. Like it's it, like specifically a smug smile. You can hear that. That's awesome. <laughs> I just I like cyclocross. Yeah. Um, so was it, uh, yeah, this was the this is one that goes with um the big um, bike show that they have there. Yeah. Into bike. Should we talk yeah. about socks? No, no, no. Let's talk about the cross first. No, no. Let's talk about socks first. Let's let's do oh. negative then positive. Okay. So the big story from Interbike is a mass. Basically, they had this massive, 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 massive cycling trade show called Interbike in Las Vegas, and the Cross Vegas has been part of that for years. And this year, Cross Vegas is a World Cup. Woohoo! Cross Vegas uh, was one of the first races, to sit, big cyclocross races, to have equal prize money for women and men, and it's always a spectacle. And this year, it was a, the Interbike was a special spectacle because when you when you go to Interbike, you're going to go around the trade fairs oh this is exciting you get your welcome pack and in this year's welcome pack they had a sock that if you went to, up to that stand you could pick up the other sock and get a free pair of socks and the socks had on them 
two naked women, um, sh- no, two women in g-strings showing their asses. Yes, yeah, classy socks is what we're saying. I just don't even understand this. It's just, it's just, um, but they handed out twenty five thousand of these bags, and it's like, what the, what, just, just why, why would you, um, yeah, why, in what you universe sock, do you think this like, was a good thing? Yeah. These are not. There is no excuse for this sock. It's like it's like two girls where you can actually see their um, the front of their g string from the back from their through, through their asses. Oh no, they're not topless. They're wearing bikinis. Um, why would you do this? Yeah. It's, and it's, well, it was made then, by a. And then in in a twist that is bound to be a case study for university students in years to come in how not to deal with a social media backlash. The response from the company was just deplorable. They're, yeah, so um, save, our, save our souls, a sock company. This is their statement. If you and all those who don't like our sock design this year, you don't have to keep it. If you don't agree with the inclusion of this sock in the internet into bike goodie bag, you're entitled to your opinion. The sock was meant to be fun while in Las Vegas. If you don't care for what Las Vegas is all about, then ask Interbike to move the show to a more conservative location. Yeah. I mean, on a, like, like, what the actual fuck? All right, guys, just, just here's a free. Normally, I charge for this kind of shit, and I charge a fair bit because I'm good at it. Um, so I'm going to give you a free tip on PR and social media etiquette, and actually just generally good life advice. Now, so you know, grab a pen and pen or pencil and some paper. You may want to write this down. Take some notes. When someone tells you that you have done something that offends them, there is only one acceptable thing to say. That is, I'm sorry. Not, (laughs) I'm sorry you were offended. Not, oh, we were trying to poke fun at being in Vegas. Not, you don't have to wear it. No, none of those are the correct answer. The only answer is, I'm sorry. And then listen to what they're actually telling you. Because I don't give a fuck if you are in Vegas and you are trying to poke fun. You fucking failed. Just, well, no, they fun. weren't saying they were trying to poke fun. They were saying that that's what Vegas is all about. Vegas is only for men <laughs> who want to look at naked, who, who want yeah. to look at strippers. Yeah, well, hey. I thought uh, if you don't like what Vegas is all about, ask Interbike to move it to a more conservative location. You're basically a bunch of conservatives, and that's why you don't like it. I just, I, yeah, look. I, Honestly, I don't even have enough energy to be outraged by these fucking morons. I'm sure they'll drive themselves into bankruptcy quickly enough. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, the thing that so here's the thing that was good was that Interbike and everyone else and all the media and everyone went, yeah, fuck me, that was a stupid thing to do. And Interbike were like, yeah, you know what? We didn't make the bags. We didn't know it was going in there. The bags were done by a third company. We fucking dropped the ball on not saying don't put rampantly sexist merchandise in a bag. But you know, we're, we yeah, the kind of, I mean, the kind of implication <laughs> was was we we just assumed that you were adults. Jesus Christ. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, do I have to put a fucking warning label on everything? Like, fuck you guys. Honestly, work with us here. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Bullshit. So that was. I mean, and, and also I did like the, the hashtag socksism. 
Yes, yes, I do support that as opposed to the unimaginative gate variations that people use. So yes, and and I did, and I also enjoyed the um, I also enjoyed blogs from Amanda Batty and also from Chris Garrison who um, eviscerated it quite nicely. <laughs> and you know, there's one for everyone. If you want to rant, there's one. If you want something explaining in really patient terms why sexism in sports industry is completely fucking stupid, especially when we're trying to increase our market sales share yeah. and to sell and guess who's a massive market who's untapped right now who we should be aiming for yeah that's right guess guess what guess what people don't want uh, you know yeah there's all there's, there's basically something for and something for everyone yeah, well, but and, yeah and honestly i go not to heaps but i go to conferences and stuff every now and then and, and you know get bags and that sort of thing and i can tell you from experience most of the time that shit like I don't need a fucking pair of socks. I don't need... So usually what I'm trying to get is usually I give this sort of stuff away. And where possible, I like to give it to... I, I, this will really surprise you. My nieces and nephew. Because... Because... <laughs> Because it's like, because it's usually like it's promotional shit, you know, it's gimmicky and it's, you know, it's usually made fairly cheaply and, and stuff and, and that sort of thing. It's not like anyone's giving you a fucking Rolex or whatever. Um, and, and so, yeah, and they love, you know, they get a, something to play with and, and that sort of thing. And that's the kind of thing that can actually really work because the whole point of, of putting stuff in those bags is, is to have the people who get them keep something that reminds them of your business. I, 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 obviously not all, but I imagine that there are many pairs of these socks in bins um, throughout Nevada at the moment. So, you know, it's it's just like such a fucking fail. Just so stupid. Yeah, Dan has strong feelings about this as a social, as a professional social media professional, oh, exactly. and a professional like, human being. Um, Dan is feeling. It offends me on all the levels. That's but the dude, point. you're a man. But dude, you're a man. That's what Vegas is all about. Oh, for fuck. I'm <laughs> fucking Vegas. Fucking. Fuck. Not fucking. Fucking. Fuck. Fuck. Anyway, cross Vegas. So the good thing about that as well was we had a polemica because we always like polemica. Um, <laughs> Is um is we then have the we then went from from that to into Las Vegas so exciting um it's it's on a football pitch that it's on an American football pitch in the desert so it's this incredibly weird grass it's unnaturally tendered weird grass um. Obviously, we had some really strong riders, international riders coming out there. Sana Camps, like 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 goddess of cycling, who just gets beaten at the World Championships, and you know uh, Sana Van Parsen and, uh, and and Helen Wyman and Katie Compton, and now a lot of these riders weren't on their top 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 form because you know the cyclocross season is a long one, and this is still yeah, the well, summer. And exactly, yeah. it's early, and it's also the first World Cup of the season, and it's new. However, one as a World Cup. one rider who was on top form and who won in beautiful style, uh, Czech superstar. Will she be world champion this time? Katarina Nash of the Luna Pro team, uh, winning in 49 minutes, 17 seconds. Eva Lechner, uh, the, uh, who's, and now Katarina Nash and, and Eva Lechner have just come off the site, the, the cross country season. Um, so they're in monster form, but still, I am not, I'm not excusing how brilliant their performances was. Eva Lechner second, and then in a sprint for third between, uh, Sana Kant and two other Luna Pro team riders, Georgia Gould and Catherine Pendrell. Kant won, Gould fourth, Pendrell fifth. Um, yeah, uh, there's tons of video. I'll put up the highlights on our blog, prowomenscycling.com. Loads and loads of fun videos to watch. And, you know, it, it's great. It's a good race. The season starts 
uh, in Europe. The World Cup, next World Cup is in about a month's time in October, um, end of October. So, yes, hurrah! Um, I mentioned Catherine Pendrell. Did you read yep. her blog this about... Um, oh, about... The, um, the one about... Um, uh, 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 um, oh, Jesus. Uh, Blaza Klemenczyk, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Blaza Klemenczyk is a uh, rider who's just been popped for EPO. Uh, she's a mountain bike, uh, a mountain bike, uh, cross country mountain bike star. Um, as Catherine Pendrell said, uh, if if Blaza had been popped earlier, um, Catherine would have been a, a place higher in the World Cup. I think yeah, she would come. She said she'd be third instead of fourth um, in yeah. the World Cup. Yeah. Um, I loved her blog. She says in it, yeah, Blas is the kind of rider who starts each race um, clipped, already clipped in and holding onto the bars, on, onto the railings, which all of which is illegal. Yeah, yeah. She's that kind of And she's got a really, really interesting blog on her site about, about, about why it's important, why doping impacts clean riders, what it means as a rider to ride against doping, uh, doping riders. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, you just want to give her. I just want to give her an ovation. You know, yeah, Catherine yeah. Pendel, former world champion, superb rider. Just, I. She speaks good words. Yes, yeah. She, she actually, and, and quite concisely, she sums up so many um, different aspects of this whole thing, really, really well. And right from that exact bit that you just quoted, which just gripped me, and and I thought sums up and and says so much about you know, uh, integrity and and the differences between people and, and stuff and uh, and that sort of thing. But then to, to move on and talk about, you know, how it affected her personally, but then say, actually, my big problem is that it cast doubt on the sport in general and, or, you know, just beautifully crafted, really, really good blog. Yeah, yeah. Um, so recommend that. We'll put links to that, everything on our site, prowomenscycling.com. If you're new to women's cycling or you want a bespoke recommendation for who to cheer for on Sunday's road race, I'm doing that. I'm also going to put up this week how to spot riders in races. Yeah. Because it's, you know, who to, how to spot them, what they look like. Well, and so- that is honestly, if, if you only look at one post, um, this week, you're a fucking idiot, first of all, but if you really can <laughs> only look at one, um, do look at that one because it honestly is the hardest part of the world's road race because no one's wearing trade team uniforms. And so yeah. you've got to learn all over again who what they look like. <laughs> and yeah. and there, are, there are subtle cues like helmets and shoes and stuff, you know. Yeah, basically, riders... So when you've got your, like, eight Italian team riders and... You're going, oh my god, I can't tell them apart because they all look the same because I'm not watching on a fuzzy screen and it's yeah. I can't see their legs. First of all, look for their bikes if you can spot now you can't necessarily spot everyone's bike from a distance, but for example, the riders who are from on Ali Cipollini are on their luminous on their bright orange bikes. So in the American team, Shelley Olds um is going to be on her bright, bright orange um Ali Cipollini bike. Yeah. Uh, then the helmets do the same thing. Your helmets and your trade team colours. So, for example, you can tell which Australians are on Orica because they're wearing the, you know, they've got the kind of white, Orica, whitish Orica helmets as opposed to the others. Um, your Velocio SRAM riders probably are going to be riding in their little red booties. Um, 
then you've got hairstyles, but I'll put up some links so you can say, actually, this is what Anna van der Breger looks like versus Ellen van Dyke versus, uh, you know, versus all the other, versus other, other Dutch writers. So these are the short ones. These are the tall ones. Just so that you can feel a little bit smug when you turn around to the person you're watching with and go, yeah, I think that looks like Valentina Scandalara. Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll be back next week to talk about how the road race went down and we'll also have a what we know about transfer season post afterwards and a roundup. We'll also have our traditional roundup of the year. So, yes, thank you for listening. And we will catch you soon. Yeah, thank you very much to my Patreon supporters who fund me to do all of the Patreon, who to, to fund me to do all my um, world's contents. If you want to join them, I'm on patreon.com slash women's cycling. I totally appreciate people just give me from like two dollars a month and it just pays for me to basically take this week off and be completely obsessed so thank you oh my god i'm the luckiest girl alive i am the luckiest girl yes 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 indeed and if you would also like to be cool and instantly more attractive to the gender of your choice uh then you can you know as sarah says sign up and become a supporter um please note that uh supporting our lawyer says may or may not instantly make you more attractive but lawyers you know uh, who trust them it'll make you more attractive to dan probably probably will yeah yeah cool anyway thank you for listening have a good world's week it's not over